Underneath the stars in a million bars, guitars are softly saying, Mexico. There you are, teenagers. Another one for you. Uh, Long John Baldry and uh, Mexico. Marvellous. Um, what a fine uh, introduction for That is for my our... best intro <laughs> ever. It's brilliant. Uh, anyway, it's uh, Long John Baldry in Mexico, which uh, introduces uh, John Bonfilio, who's our man who joins us from Mexico. Uh, John, a very good evening to you. Good evening. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. All the better for hearing uh, what um, I fear may become your signature tune, uh, John, <laughs> if, you, if you'll permit us. I, I don't even remember what the one before was. Well, before we used to use sort of the peanut vendor, which we thought was sort of vaguely Latin American. But this is uh, this, I think, Mark, would be for this Long John Baldry track yeah. would be from one of those TV shows, wouldn't it? That's sort of like Lou Grade. I think things. so. Yeah. I mean, it's just a whole different level to the peanut vendor, isn't it? You, you just I don't mean, get quality like that anymore. Yeah, a lot of people are allergic to peanuts, so we, <laughs> we've ditched those for the time being. Um, John, uh, lovely to have you with us uh, once more. I, I was going to ask you first of all about, you know, Joe Biden's obviously taken over. He's signing all these executive orders at a rate of knots uh, in the White House, and he's removed the bust of uh, Winston Churchill, a bit controversial there, which uh, uh, which Donald Trump had on his desk, and he's replaced it with a bronze of uh, Cesar Chavez. Who who's a bit of a sort of left-wing uh, hero. But Cesar Chavez is actually from uh, Mexico, so I suspect you're the man to tell me a little bit about, you know, why he'd be a hero to Democrats in the United States. Yeah, and not that widely known, even in Democratic circles, really. He was actually born in Arizona. Um, he was of Mexican descent uh, in 1927 and essentially led a life in which he was a labor leader, a community organizer, and a civil rights activist. So... You know, he kind of ticks ticks those boxes. And, and if you imagine that kind of figure in 2021 has it pretty tough. So that kind of figure in the 90s, 1950s and 60s in the U.S. had it particularly tough. But he was certainly a groundbreaking figure, especially in the southwest of the U.S. And then later nationally, he was the he co-founded the National Farm Workers Association with Dolores Huerta. Um, and it's interesting how this is how this has played out, both in an English language media context in the u.s and also specifically in a in a latin american context the u.s press has much more seen it as a pro-labor um decision to put this figure uh, in the in the west wing in, in the white house and, to, and making that kind of signature to to labor to the unions and so on whereas latin america has really seen it as being a pro-hispanic uh, pro-immigration pro-border reform um, sign that he's sending to to the Latino community in in the U.S. Although, of course, also you know pro labor, pro union because of his because of who he was and and how he worked and so on. But by no means um, you know a really widespread figure across the the United States by any stretch of the imagination. Certainly amongst the amongst Mexican Americans, uh, in particular, maybe a little more, bit more broadly amongst Latinos, he's regarded as something of a of a folk saint. But, but yeah, not somebody who, you know, most people, if you say Cesar Chavez too, they're going to think they're going to think you're talking about the, the contemporary boxer rather than the civil rights mm. activist of the 50s and 60s. 
Yeah, and I suppose it, it, it sort of sends a sign to the, uh, I suppose a little bit like the Labour Party in the UK. If you're sort of moderate middle of the road guy, like, um, you know, like Biden is, um, or like Tony Blair was over here, you have to um, make signals to the left wing of your party that you're on their side too, even if you don't actually uh, do anything that's, uh, you know, that's in that, uh, in that vein. So it, it sends a message. I suppose. Um, yeah. The other thing, yeah, the other thing which I, I f found quite interesting this week was uh, this was in Private Eye, who likes to pick up odd stories from around the world. Uh, and basically, the story is that a pothole has appeared in the road, uh, which has been filled in by, uh, I suppose, council workers. This is in the, uh, let me try and pronounce this, the Benito Juarez area of Nechahulay, <laughs> somewhere in, in Mexico State. Well, how do you pronounce that name? Nechahulacoyotl. Yeah, that's where it is. It's, compl it's complex because it's Aztec rather than Spanish. So a lot of pronunciations here get wrapped up in that because, you know, even Spanish speakers can't ordinarily um, sound them out. But that's because mm. it's, you know, they're pre-Spanish languages. Yeah, fair enough. That's my excuse anyway. It's because it's Aztec. Um, but basically, they repaired this pothole, right? So they fill in the pothole. And uh, just before December the 12th, which apparently is the feast day of day Our of Lady of... Yep. Yes, it is. It's the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And a miracle occurred because they filled in the pothole in the road and a miraculous image of the Virgin of Guadalupe appeared on the fresh concrete. As soon as we saw it, a group of neighbours helped me tape off the site of the pothole and surround it with candles and flowers as a tribute to Our Lady. News of the miracle began to circulate, etc., etc. This is not an entirely unusual state of affairs in your part of the world, is it, John? It isn't uh, at all. And I can't believe we haven't done this, this story or, you know, stories of this ilk before. And actually, when you first mentioned... Oh, we should talk about apparitions and visions. I thought, what a great idea. Well, you know, this is new stuff we haven't covered. And for the last couple of weeks, I've been stuck in a rabbit hole of these, uh, <laughs> of, of these stories, of which there are millions. Um, and I've got to confess, it has significantly affected my mental health. So thanks very much, Martin, for, <laughs> for that welcome. particular suggestion. But as you say, that pothole appeared, yeah, just before the, the day of the, the other, La Señora de Guadalupe, um, which is on the 12th of, of December and uh, basically generated traffic chaos in a particular part of the outskirts of, of Mexico City because this sort of dim uh, figure of the, of the Virgin was identified. And then obviously when something like this happens, it isn't just left in the road uh, as a pothole, but then there are processions and you know, there's a whole infrastructure that accompanies uh, these things. And one of the things that I particularly like about when these things happen is it's not just people you know, turn up to pay homage. But there's a whole, even in COVID times, there's a whole minor economies that build up around these situations of storeholders and traffic policemen and all manner of ice cream sellers and all manner of things uh, that take place. So so certainly I think, you know, this this particular apparition has done its, its bit for, for that community's resurgence in a post-COVID context economically. I mean, there's, there's so many that we can mention. Um, a month before the pothole, was perhaps my favourite of my, my favourite uh, apparition in inverted commas of last year, where in the strawberry of a dessert, the the Lady of Guadalupe appeared to to an actress in Mexico City. Uh, so there you go. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I, I read a story why well, this would be a couple of years back where the um, it started raining and it was a, uh, it was a building which was like a concert hall and the face of Jesus appeared on the side of this console. But it turned out at the end that it was an old poster of Willie Nelson. And uh, when, when the ray hit the poster, um, Willie, who has that sort of look, um, was revealed, but not before one of these things that you say with ice cream stalls and flowers and um, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, wacky times, always wacky times. Yeah. And also uh, really interesting because actually apparitions of Jesus in, in Latin America are, are not that interesting and they certainly don't appear very much. It's the Virgin. 90 percent of of interest and reverence here follows the, the Virgin and no other religious figure. Yeah, amazing, strange but true. Uh, just finally, it's the start of the uh, of the Liga MX, the Premier League of Mexico. It's just started its 2021 vision. I'm assuming there'll be no crowds or anything there. Yep, no crowds, no crowds at all. Still, in many parts of Mexico, COVID is. Is particularly is, is hitting the country particularly badly in a in a recent survey of, of 88 countries that have been polled in terms of their reaction to uh, or their response to COVID. Mexico came in 87th place, only wow. worse than uh, only Brazil uh, beat it or, or lost to it, if you like, in that context. Little Liga MX, top professional football division of the Mexican Football League, uh, it's essentially considered pretty much the strongest in North America, but then it's only really got major you know, major league soccer to to contend with in, in that context. But interesting that it's got the largest, largest crowds in the Americas and also the four, fourth most attended in the world after Premier League, obviously, La Liga and the, the Bundesliga. It's been in, in place for a long time now, since, uh, since the early 1940s. And particularly different, I think, in terms of the Mexican League is it's not one of... Well, the, the first thing is that there's two leagues a year. So there's the opening league and then there's a closing league. So you've got two two champions every year. But then the second thing is it's decided by playoffs. It's not decided by, you know, the winner at the top of the, at the top of the league uh, wins everything after a certain number of games. Then the top eight teams essentially then go into a, a playoff system and whoever wins that Ligilla, as, as, as it's known, essentially ends up the, uh, the victor. You, I'm sure you'll have, you'll know of or have heard of some of the big teams here. Um, America, uh, which is kind of the Manchester United of, um, of Mexican teams, uh, Guadalajara, which is kind of, I guess, kind of the Liverpool arsenal y sort of regional mm. powerhouse, uh, really. Um, I, I thought, I was thinking about different comparisons, and actually there's a team called Toluca, which it reminds me of Arsenal in the George Graham, very specifically in the George Graham days. They're that yeah. kind of, they're a facsimile, an apparition, if you like, a, a reapparition <laughs> of, of that kind of, of that kind of team. But no, certainly still very, very strong. Uh, it doesn't yeah. brings in a lot of Latin players. Doesn't bring in a lot of uh, players from from other countries, you know, from Africa or Europe and um, and so on. But still highly contested, uh, very successful, very widely followed um, football league. More widely followed by uh, by TV viewers in the US than actually Major League Soccer is yeah. itself. Yeah, I mean, the, the, of the teams you mentioned there, the one that I know is Guadalajara, because um, Javier Hernandez, who played for West Ham, uh, you, that's where he started his career, I think, um, playing for Guadalajara. A full name, Javier Hernandez Balcazar, um, but he also used to be known as Chicharito at West Ham, and Chicharito. obviously played... For 
yeah, Chicharito. And he played for, although in the East End of London it was Chicharito. Um, but he did uh, play for, play for Manchester United before that as well. And, uh, great player. You know, I always enjoyed watching him. It was great fun to watch. His best days, I think, were at Manchester but he's a, I mean, he's probably, I don't know if I'm right or not, would he be one of the major Mexican players of the last sort of 20 years, maybe, who starred in uh, the Premier League? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you, as you say, that the measure of, uh, I mean, people are crazy for, for footballers and football here, but, but when they go abroad, especially to a big team like Manchester United, is when they really, you know, they reach a, um, a, a, a different yeah. level. And then a revered for forevermore, and we'll be opening children's birthday parties uh, until yes, until or there'll be visions of them appearing on the side of buildings or in potholes in the road, etc. Um, yeah. Yes, John, th- indeed, John. Thanks uh, ever so much. Do appreciate it, and we'll talk again next week if that's okay with you. No problem. Take care. And you, uh, John Bonfilio there, joining us from uh, Mexico. Uh, 